This is GoPowerCat.com publisher Tim Fitzgerald. Thank you for listening to this PowerCat podcast. Make sure you never miss an episode of the PowerCat podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or your favorite podcast network. And if you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming a subscriber to GoPowerCat.com. We cover the Wildcats like no one else with our VIP customers enjoying one-of-a-kind coverage from our team of professional journalists. And sign up today for an annual subscription to GPC and grab a 30% discount on your first year. And now here's the PowerCat Podcast. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. discovered your link to gopowercat.com's powercat questions podcast presented by fridge wholesale liquor and it starts right now now let's go to the wtc gig powered studios here's your host gopowercat.com publisher tim fitzgerald welcome to another edition of the powercat questions podcast the podcast where you ask questions, thus the name. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I get it now. Tim Fitzgerald, that guy was Riley Gates. The guy over here not saying anything, Zach Carlson. Say something, Zach. What's up? I told you to say something. You said, what's up? Something cool. Something. <laughs> there we go. We are sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Uh, get into the fridge. You have been rocking their store during the first two weeks of the season. Now, I know you got a little break here before another home game. It's like a month. It's nearly a month before they play another home game, thanks to an off week, and it's just crazy. But, I mean, it sounds bad, but when you put it in perspective, they play, what is it, six of their first eight at home or, or five of their first five of their first seven Oh, home. it's crazy. And then the next road game is KU. So it's not – yes, it's a lot right now, but it evens out. So get into the fridge. They are still open even when it's not a football weekend. Shocking, but true. The fridge at the corner of this and that in the town in which we live. There we go. I just stuck to some papers. This is the questions podcast, the old school version where our members at Wabash Station ask us questions and we answer. We attempt to answer. We give our opinions. We give our thoughts. We give our hopes and dreams. And we are sponsored in the first segment by Tanners. They will fill your stomach, massage your liver, and give you hopes and dreams. Massage your liver, huh? Yeah, that's what alcohol does. I would say it would exercise your liver. I kind of I, I think that uh, alcohol is healing waters for your liver, unless you drink way too much. Well, well, if you drink too much, it can be healing because, frankly, you just get back on the horse. Yeah, that was you on a... Monday, I hope. <laughs> Riley went to Little Wayne, uh, which uh, did you put T's on that? Little Wayne, he did. No, I didn't. Oh, it's, I thought it sounded like it. No, I just Little Wayne. Yeah, and Blink I didn't mean to. And Blink One Eighty Two. And Blink One Eighty Two. I, I put uh, T's on that. Why? Blink, <laughs> Why did you do that? Blink One A Who? <laughs> and it was good. He said. Little Wayne did not storm. I did say little that time. <laughs> Little Wayne did not storm off the. Uh, no, stage. he did not. Blink One Eighty Two said some inappropriate things about Tom Brady. Really? Yeah. System quarterback. He said right before I start this show, I just want to say, beep Tom Brady. 
Wow. And I, I assume they didn't say beep. No, they did not say beep. Did they get a big cheer from the crowd? <laughs> huge. Very, very huge. I'm drinking a little. Uh, Zach has addicted me to body armor. Oh, yeah. Thanks to the NCAA tournament. Man. You, but you were. But I was on it before. You were on it. I will give you that. Who cares? Let's go with the questions of Wapai Station. What's the, who's this segment sponsored by? We already Tanner. talked about it. Oh, did we? Yeah, come on. Um, come, come on, man. If you're not going to participate, we'll just uh, we'll get one of those <laughs> on. uh, online readers. The first question is from... <laughs> Do you like the teleconference? Adam K63. Come on now. We Sorry. need your focus here. No doubt. You were talking about the fridge, and I was just like, all right, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. From Purple Powerhouse, I couldn't help noticing in the postgame comments the difference in how Snyder and Kleiman handle talking about penalties. One of our linemen got called for holding twice. Snyder would have probably benched him and commented about how you can't do things like that and be successful. Kleiman, on the other hand, said, eh, those things will happen and just kind of rolled with it. What are your thoughts? I love it. I think he's just in mode of building confidence and belief and support. Believe me, it's emphasized in practice. When they got behind closed doors or out on the field, it was discussed. Well, first of all, the one they called, I didn't really think it was that bad. That one on Colt Meyer on the run. That's pretty typical. I mean, there's holding on every single play. The thing was, it was so unnecessary. Trotter was already by him. (laughs) And he had to turn around to do it. Anyways. I don't know. Yeah, no. They definitely coach it up. It's not like they don't care about mistakes you know whatever but there's no need to harp on them you know i I got coaches approach coach snyder's in the past but at times it would be like coach your offense ran for 275 yards and four touchdowns today how pleased are you how pleased are you at the line well they had a holding penalty with 14 minutes to go in the second quarter i was pretty upset with that it's like come on man so there's there's a line you need to toe there i was happy to hear coach Kleiman kind of say like yeah it's whatever. Just fix it. Move on. Yes. No, he, he just takes a different approach to this. And, and it probably works with this generation better. But Coach got more so at the end where every little thing seemed to really set him off and he brought it up. From Wildcat Pilot 88, where or how do you draw a line in running back by committee? Why only use three when it seems we've got the horses to use five or six? Well, you have to give it a rhythm going. You can't just, you know, like poor Jordan Brown gave up. He had a nicest run of the day or one of them, and they kind of benched him after that because yeah. they had other guys to play. You don't want to do that. You want to be able to give him more opportunities. But this was a game. It was a blowout. You wanted to get those freshmen a couple looks. And the other part of that is you may not want to burn those red shirts on those freshmen. You want to see them now, but you get four free games now. And that was one of them where they were they emphasized playing freshmen in this guy in this past game. And I also don't. I think this is where the the conversation of hey, let's temper our expectations because of the competition needs to come into play. I think Jacardia Wright is a fine back. I think Joe Irvin is a fine back. I think they'll both end up having some pretty successful running back careers if they you know do indeed stay in this position. I don't know is that that they would necessarily have all that much success running against Mississippi State. They're not, you know, they're not right. experienced backs. They haven't seen this type of physicality that they're probably going to see on Saturday. And uh, you know, when when the coach when Coach Kleiman says straight up, our plan was to get them into this game no matter what the score was. Well, then it, it's pretty clear what he was trying to get to was, hey, this is a lower level team. We can experiment a little bit. Right. So. 
I don't read into it that much because I just don't think it's worth it, you know, putting a lot of stock into a true freshman to carry you when you have two grad transfers, uh, transfer, an older transfer in Harry Trotter. You've got a guy in Tyler Burns. And like Fitz said, the, the continuity of just two or three guys um, getting in that rhythm, getting in that cycle, I, I like that a lot better. From KM Wildcat, we got to look at Jacardia. Jacardia? Jacardia? <laughs> Wow, that was kind wow. of fun. Jacardia Wright and Joe Irvin. Hey, remember that day that Zach had a stroke on the air? <laughs> and we left it all in? Yeah, that was cool. And Joe Irvin at running back. Uh, when will we see the other freshman running backs, and who do you see getting the next shot? I guess, I mean, maybe Clyde Price? I don't know. I really don't. I'm. I, Your timetable to see him is getting smaller for yeah, all the reasons. Yeah, I mean, you, you, just you can't just put him into any game. you got to make sure you're way ahead. So I, I would think that just depends on if they get away from someone and can put him in. Let's just say Saturday when they're up by 45 points in the third quarter. Here's oh, no wow. reaction. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I went there. It, it hit me late. I yeah. got it. Yeah, it usually does. It, here's the thing is that – I think K-State fans are getting excited about playing true freshmen simply because the coach now is coming out and saying they want to do it a lot, which is instilling confidence. Hey, we've got great true freshmen. Every like every class has had talented freshmen before. The only difference is K-State just hasn't emphasized it over the last few years to get them in the game. So I think maybe we're putting the cart before the horse a little bit. Yes, these are talented running backs, and I think they're going to go on to be really good at, at some point and you know they wouldn't assign them if they didn't like them in their system, but to but to like sit here and clamor for you know a guy like Clyde Price to start getting more carries or something as Big Twelve play starts over experienced backs, I just I don't like it that much. You know if you're going to be in the game in these big games, you need to have a significant impact, and I just don't know if they're going to be so much more significant than those those grad transfers or, or Harry Trotter. Um, look, it's valuable time. To get in the game, they're checking a few off the four-game list. And if there is a game, say, West Virginia, KU. Why would you pick on those two teams? Well, I might have something to do with one the fact that one team almost lost to an FCS school and then was embarrassed by Missouri. It might have something to do with the fact that KU lost to Coastal Carolina, which could barely practice. I don't know. That's just a side note. Okay. Um, yeah, if you're up by 20, 30 points against them in the third quarter, and those running backs have games left, yeah, go ahead and put them in. But don't clamor for them to be in this game on Saturday. Well, they, they probably won't travel. I mean, only yeah. so many will travel. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you're limited on how many you travel with. Look, this new rule is a new rule. It's only a year old. So last year was the first year you could play freshmen four games or fewer and maintain their red shirt. And this was kind of the issue with Coach Snyder at the end. He just didn't want to deal with it. It was a rule that benefited his program where he could help. He could have better depth in certain games and play guys. He could improve his freshmen for the following year by letting them play four games. But he he really didn't want to engage with that rule. He played the true freshman he really wanted to play and needed to play and then was willing and able to burn their red shirt by playing him a fifth game. Like it didn't matter. And they the players had to say, no, no, I'm, we're not doing this. And so it, it was just another thing where Coach uh, just was inflexible to a fault. I mean, just 
he wouldn't deal with the change of the rule. He just tried to ignore it and pretend it wasn't there. And it's there. It's it's a great tool. Use it. From Herdez Joe, offensive line is being deba- debated, but PFF says, at least technically, they're one of the best in the country. Will the offensive line grow with the competition? That's pro football focus, by the way, in case anybody didn't know that. What's BFF? Uh, best. Friends forever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Thanks, BFF. I was trying to think of something. <laughs> I was trying to think of something like borderline inappropriate, but then I just okay. couldn't get there. Uh, we're going to find out. That's one of my big curiosities with Saturday's game. I will say this because I fought you guys hard after the first game. I was not that impressed from at the start of the line. At the start of the game. They did it again. They weren't that impressive the first few snaps. And then yeah. all of a sudden, here we go. I mean, I, I really – they didn't – you know, they busted off a few long runs. They ended up having 300 yards rushing. But it took a little bit to get there. I think it took two series before they really were effective um, yeah. running the ball. I don't and, think that's going to be atypical. Got, that's you, what they're going to do. And you can't do that, I don't think. I think you got to come out swinging in this one. you got to be punching them in the mouth from the start, especially a team that well, has a big a defensive line. Well, yeah. Boy, Riley. I no, I agree. I agree. When you get into really competitive games, that gets difficult. But if you look at the history of this North Dakota State offensive system, when they got into competitive games with South Dakota State or or Eastern Washington or whatever it would have been, the games were typically a little bit closer in the first half and into the third quarter. And then they just started to wear them down and wear them down and get away from them in the fourth quarter. That's how the system's built. We'll see how it applies to Saturday's game in Starkville. Can they wear down Mississippi State? Hmm, I don't know. From QuesoCat, are they holding back some of the tight end passing game or are or are, are You can do it. You can do this. I got faith in you. Or <laughs> are tight ends not quite good enough yet to feature in our offense. How, Zach is how not, is that milkshake, man? You got brain freeze over there? What's going on? <laughs> it's similar words together. And I didn't even hear struggling. the question. I didn't <laughs> are they, are <laughs> they holding back tight ends? Oh, okay. yeah. Yes, I, they yeah, they are. They are. It's funny. I, <laughs> I feel bad for writing that story before the first game about them not holding anything back because I really they, believed them. They're holding a lot back right now. <laughs> they really have, particularly on defense. But they will throw to the tight ends and running backs probably in Starkville more than they have in the first two games combined. I mean, that see, that's one of the things that th- there was a line that I think K-State aligned a toe here with, with not showing too much. And at times I thought Coach Snyder was way over the top with not wanting to show too much. And I feel like this is the perfect amount. So, you know, I feel like you can't really bl- – you're not going to blame anybody for not wanting to throw the tight end against Nichols and Bowling Green because, frankly, I think he could throw to the fifth-string tight end and he would have scored a touchdown versus Bowling Green. God, that was an awful team. They were bad. They were hideous. So, on, like, I'm not going to put a number out there because um, we just don't know how big of it. you know, maybe it's going to be every drive they try to throw to it or maybe it's going to be two times in the game and, and that's perfect. But So you can't put a number on it. But I think we're going to see it a lot more in this one because it's, it is a little bit of a secret weapon that's not not on film yet. But they they have the pieces. We're not overhyping Nick Lenners, I don't think. I think he's really talented. And honestly, Blaze Gammon, I feel like, has taken some steps forward this year. And I think they've got something for, Sam, for Sammy Wheeler in the books. So I'd just give it time. I think there's probably a lot of things they've run, a lot of the running plays that have a next layer to them where it's a play action and 
They go, you know, to someone that might be blocking on tape, but now is out in pattern. So we'll see. I'm ang- that's one of the things I'm anxious about. I want to see this stuff. I, I don't think they're. This is going to be the Sammy Lemire package that got put in the back pocket forever. I mean, they've got stuff like the three running backs and the diamond formation. Will we see that Saturday? Will we see it throw the ball thrown on a lot of wheel routes to tight ends and, and running backs? Open it up, man. Winning this game would be enormous for the program. And I think Kleiman knows that. From Herdez Joe, staying ahead of fourth downs has been a key in this offense. How has this team compared to be to better K State teams in that regard? We don't have numbers on yeah, that. It's that. it's tough to. I mean, not, we could probably get it if you sat down and looked at it. That would see, folks. Once again, that would require preparation and research. <laughs> and as I've told my guys over and over, don't do that because then it makes me look bad. Back to you, Riley. I think it's. I don't even think you need the numbers though, in it's terms really of because they they're so much more efficient. And when's like. I don't remember the last time that I've that I've watched a K State team and been like, again, it all goes back to competition. I'm, but I'm not concerned when they took when they've taken the field in the last two games about them getting that first down, that first first down of the drive. They're gonna get it in my head because that's just how effective that they've been. And I I, I can honestly say in the last five years, I don't think we've seen that. You know, five years being since I started covering the team. Your vast history. And the year before that was the Alamo Bowl year. So that was probably a good I – mean, I don't remember that one as well as you guys okay. probably would have. But I, that that was probably a good team as well. I just it's, – it's significantly better in terms of getting that first down. Well, I don't know how they could be much better. All right, if you want to just boil it all down, you want to talk about the running backs have been good, Skyler's been good, the line's been good, the defense has been good. Just look down at third and fourth down conversions for the two teams, opponents versus K-State. K-State's converting third and fourth downs at a frightening clip, and they held poor Bowling Green to 0 for 13 on those downs. That's a game right there. I mean, that's why the time possession's so epic. That's why the score's so epic. They, they convert third downs into first downs, and they prevent you from doing it. Pretty basic football. You do that on a regular basis, you're going to win. That time of possession thing is actually—I don't even care about the opponent in, in that <clears throat> setting. In that that statistic alone, I don't care about the opponent. That's amazing what they've done with time of possession. Oh, it is. They're over forty minutes a game. Even for a team that's not like it's—it's it's, if they're playing a bad team, you would you would expect explosive plays. You know, maybe three play drives and you score. But they're getting like five, six-minute drives every time. It's insane. I just – I'm amazed by it, honestly. I really am. What, what they're doing with scoring and yardage is spread-like, and they're not running the spread. They're running a running offense that also maintains time of possession, is secure with the ball, and so does things that the spread doesn't do in time of possession because the spread quite often, they'll lose time of possession because they score so quickly. And they're taking their time. They're working their way down the field, scoring – Stopping you on third and medium or third and long because that's what you're in. Get the ball back. Go down the field. It's just really impressive. And as a football connoisseur, it is fun to watch. It's a really cool brand of football. 
from Randolph the Iguana. Despite our dominance, do you think that our sack numbers should be higher? Yeah. They should have probably gotten a few. Just, I mean, you can think back. Kyle Ball just, I don't know how he whiffed on that sack. <laughs> well, it was, it was, I think it was Goins. It goes, oh, there we go. First sack. Of, somebody said, like, first sack of the season here, which it would have been the second. But I was like, hold on, hold on. And then he missed it. And I'm like, great, you jinxed him. I don't even, I have no clue how he missed him. Uh, yeah, yeah. But they've been, you talk about generic, vanilla. They've been doing that on defense. They've been pretty much straight up rushing and that will change on Saturday. They're going to show stuff they haven't shown. And at the end of the day, you can, like we've talked about with the Nichols game, you can only get a sack if the ball's still there, you know? And they've they've had a really hard time getting back there in terms of the ball still being there because the quarterback's been so flustered. They've done a really good job, in my opinion, of getting those hurries, getting the, the pressure in terms of, of kind of blowing up a play, they just haven't gotten it enough to a point where you're making a sack, you're recording a statistic that shows up on paper. I'm sure if we went back, watched the film, recorded, you know, did this did this play have good pressure, did this one not have good pressure, I feel like we'd be pretty impressed with the pressure they're getting. It's just not showing up on paper. From Contra Cat, how do you feel with the secondary, the second string guys in the secondary and at linebacker? And if you have a significant injury after those opening games, I don't feel good. Exactly. They can't, particularly the linebacker, they've got three guys they want to play. And they get another injury. I mean, they had four, but then Justin Hughes got hurt in the spring game. Now they're down to three. So you can't lose half of what you had. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a little worrisome there in linebacker in particular. Um, I think secondary, they got. They've got some guys that can move around. Secondary, they'd be fine to an extent. I think Jonathan Durham, for example, would be a serviceable nickelback if needed. But I don't think he's the best nickelback on the team, no. Um, I think you can – or, you know, he could go play safety. Um, you could slide Walt to nickel. You know, you could, whatever you want to do there. I think you could maneuver a little bit if you had minor injuries. But like you said, the linebacker I'm really concerned with. The fact that we're constantly asking for Cody Fletcher injury updates doesn't make me comfortable. Exactly. Because he wasn't, in our eyes, a significant impact player. I, I would agree. Do you feel like you're stalking Cody Fletcher at this point? Is he healthy? Is he going to be all right? When you put it that way, like honestly, that's kind of, we kind of stock college guys yeah, for our not, job. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> From Purple My Nurple, will Wyatt Hubert play this weekend? What a name. I still love Purple it. My Nurple. I think so. I, I would. He's going to have to be really dinged up not to play. But concu- if it is a concussion, we think it is. It has to be, right? Yeah. I mean, they took his helmet, didn't they? Uh, well, that's what, and that's what Matt said on the radio was that it was concussion symptoms. So That's Matt Walters. Yeah. Star of the Powercat Insiders podcast. Except um, for this week when it was not. Yeah, and it was, it was better. <laughs> huh. uh, I think it's a concussion, but none of us really remember seeing it happen. They didn't have to help him off the field. So that indicates to me it's not a severe concussion. He didn't get knocked out. He wasn't walking around like Riley on Sunday night. It, he, he seemed to be okay, but probably suffered concussion-like symptoms, and they're being careful with him. Everyone responds to concussions differently. Marcus Watts can't remember his name half the time because he, he played through concussions. So, I mean, you got to be careful with them. Some people bounce back quicker 
than others. Uh, but if you manage the headaches and you get rid of your light sensitivity and all those things, you'll be fine. I think you'll play. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. There's, I think it's pretty telling the fact that, you know, we asked Coach about it on Tuesday, and he says, you know, I'm hoping so. We'll kind of look into, you know, if it was a significant enough concussion to a point where he was going to miss a game, I think they'd know by now. Because I don't think you just get magically better within a short amount of time. I think it'd be pretty clear at this point if he was not going to play, and and I would expect him to be out there if it's if it is as borderline as we think it is. So I wouldn't be concerned until we hear otherwise. Last question of the first half from Powercat Ryan: Are you starting to really believe that football is football? <laughs> That's a great question. I think. I never totally disagreed with it. I just think it got some people didn't grasp what he meant. He didn't mean you could you could win with the any players any level because you did things right, but that his philosophies that he used at the FCS level would apply and work at the Big Twelve level. That's what he meant. Didn't mean you same players same results. I mean, Big 12 players with these systems will work. That the systems work. That's not simply because he had better players than everyone at the FCS. I think we're seeing it. I mean, those weren't good opponents. Nichols, let's put it in context. Nichols was a better team by far than what South Dakota was last year that almost beat K-State. So there's some context. Bowling Green was trash. Bowling Green was complete trash. They had a quarterback that I wouldn't start at my junior college if I had one. (laughs) If I was in the KCAC with Fitz College, I would not start that kid at quarterback. Mm -hmm. That was awful. So we're going to find out a lot more in the next week, in the next month, we just need to go on the journey, and the journey so far has been really fun, and and I'm really happy for K-Staters because most K-Staters have continued to pay their dues. They've continued to go to games. Maybe they don't go on the road as much, but they've done the things that fans should do even if the sport isn't as enjoyable as it used to be. So you've been warriors. But you got to admit now, now that you feel the spark again, you're kind of going through the motions. You you were just kind of fumbling along, doing what you'd always done, but it wasn't the same. It just didn't feel the same, and you you now can see it because you feel it. The spark's back, and football is indeed football when you're winning games by an average score of, what, 50 to 7, 51, <laughs> 51 and a half? I can't remember what it is, 50 and a half. They're averaging 50 and a half points a game. 50 and a half. Which is hard to do. That half point is really difficult. That's it for the first half of the Powercat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We've got more right after this little break from our friends at, we don't know, because everyone hears different ads. Stay locked in. The Powercat Podcast will be right back. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. 
That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, your Wednesday edition of the PowerCat Podcast, sponsored by Fred Wholesale Liquor. They've been with us a long time. I'm a loyal, loyal customer. When I need stuff, I get stuff from the stuff store called Fridge Wholesale Liquor. That was a bad read. I did on Saturday. It was not good. It was not a good effort on my part. Go to the fridge. They'll make you happy, and happy is good. Fridge Wholesale Liquor at the corner of Claflin and Westport. Bam. Manhattan, Kansas. <laughs> Premature bam. My apologies. Uh, this segment's brought to you by Hilo, by the Hilo, must enunciate. Guys, we are failing our bellies. I need you guys to get in here. Do this in the morning instead. It's hard to do this in the morning before we have the press conference. Mm. This is really the best time to do it. Let's do it on Wednesday mornings. That is not the best time to do it for me. It's all about you, isn't it? Yeah, when you're doing six podcasts a week, yeah, it is. <laughs> Got to do this then, that there, and you don't have much. Uh, the scheduling takes care of itself because if you fall behind, you're in big trouble. If you're not subscribing to the podcast, do so. Go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon. I wish they had a podcasting on Amazon. I really do. I don't know why they don't. You can run things through it, but they should have their own podcast. They have music. Uh, Spotify. I stopped using Stitcher because it stopped loading the podcast in a timely fashion, which seems like a basic thing for podcast networks. Yeah. There's a ton of podcast groups out there. What do you want to call them? Networks? Services? Platforms. Platforms! I like platforms. Exactly what the words. There's a ton out there. I use one. I think it's CastBox. I've got it on my phone now, too. A lot of good things. 
it doesn't matter which one you use, just sign up for the PowerCap podcast so it'll download automatically for you and it'll be right there at all times so you don't miss one. Like people miss the post-game podcast because for some reason the link for Wabash Station got broken. I don't know why. Hey, if on a serious note, if you're looking for the podcast and it's buried on site and you're not on these Apple podcasts, whatever, whatever service platform you're using, there's a tab at the top of the website. It says podcast. It's right by basketball recruiting. And if you click on that tab, they're all right there for you. They're there. You can do it that way. Or we've even set up a message board called PowerCat Podcast that, that strings all the stories together on one message board. So it's easy, peasy. You get tons of listening. Break your habit of appointment radio. You should listen to stuff when you want to listen to stuff. That's why you need to subscribe to the PowerCat Podcast. We appreciate it if, if you did. And you might want to go subscribe to our YouTube channel right now. Right now. Big things could be coming on our YouTube channel. You will want that box checked by Saturday. So you will know if big things happen. This is the PowerCat Podcast. And this is Zach Carlson. From Purple Cheese, has there been any info on whether the team is being prepped for the cowbells? Yeah. I asked him about that, and he kind of diverted around it, just talked about noise. I think that means they have something, and they don't want to tell people what it is. Not that I think it's a secret, but like I feel like they're just like, yeah, we're going to keep that one. Would it work if all your audibles were mooing? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo, we should honestly just like find out or like go by the stadium or the practice fields and just listen because it's going to be loud enough that you could hear it from the streets. Well, Coach Snyder used to crank up the air jet, the jet engine noise so loud I could hear it from my house a half mile away. <laughs> you just go outside. You'd go outside, you know, let the dogs out and step outside and you'd hear. I was surprised to find out that they have already been using a lot of jet noise and stuff, you know? Because you, you, typically it's more for road games, you know, maybe do it every now and then to try to rattle your own team, I guess, get a little bit of experience with it. But it sounds like they've been doing it a lot through the first two weeks. So. It did. That was very interesting. So for all you think, oh, Clemens just prepares one game at a time, he doesn't see the whole picture like Bill Snyder. He's he's doing some stuff out there that you may not know he's doing. But, yeah, they've been preparing for road games for a while. Also, I just I think the Cowboys are going to be tough. But I also think that you got to stop it's, hitting them. It's, like, it's just like the paddles at Oklahoma State. You can't do it once they break the huddle. Look, because it's so unique, it gets a lot of publicity. And I think it's tough. But at the end of the day, I don't think it's any different or that much different than 50,000 people yelling. Hey, you're a Friends fan, right? Friends fan. Yeah. Right? Remember Janice? Yeah. How annoying she is? Yeah. This is the college football version of Janice. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good comparison. This is the quality crap you get from the Powercat podcast right there. From Contra Cat, how big is the talent gap this year between Mississippi State and K-State? I don't think it's – well, it's definitely not as much as it was last year. And last year, that – that Mississippi State team underperformed in the SEC. That team was loaded with genuine, legitimate NFL talent. And they had a senior quarterback who posed problems for how he played against K-State. So it was a it was a mismatch. Even that good offensive line for K-State got manhandled by that defensive line. It's coming back 
they've come back quite a bit in case it's now performing at a higher level. So, no, it's changed quite a bit. Tough to really go position by position, player by player. I mean, yeah, they have a better running back than any running back on K-State's roster. I feel comfortable saying that. But, you know, is d- does that really mean a lot at the end of the day if you've got equal talent? You know, I think Wyatt Hubert and Reggie Walker are very good, and I don't really care who their offensive linemen are. I think that they can give them some fits. So I think the fact that we're all – Looking at this, we're not just coming into this game saying K-State could win because they're 2-0 and and have slaughtered two inferior opponents. We're saying K-State could win because they legitimately have the ability to win this game. It's not out of the question. Right. Yeah. I like him. He's good. From Cam Wildcat. Caffeinated. At this point in time, where do you predict Mississippi State finishes in the SEC? Still low. Guys, the SEC's good. I mean, well, the top of the SEC is good. SEC West. Uh, this is a rebuilding year for Mississippi State. Let's let's be clear about it. They're they're not considered to be a contender in the in the SEC West this year. No, I mean they're better than Mississippi. Who else we got? Look, the teams better than them in their own division. Alabama, just a little, LSU, just a little bit. Auburn, yeah. probably. Yeah, you could make an argument for A and M. Maybe Ole Miss is not good. Arkansas is not good. They have two not good teams in their division. Then you drop down to the east. Georgia, super good. Florida, pretty dang good. South Carolina in Kentucky, I just don't know enough about. So I think they'll finish third or fourth in the west. And then that puts them at fifth or sixth, seventh in the SEC. That's just just how it They're a middle of SEC team. Yeah. And Kansas State's trying to aspire to be a middle of the Big 12 team, which honestly, from top to bottom, isn't as good. The Big 12? Yeah. Yeah. The bottom of the Big 12 is significantly better than the bottom of the SEC, but the top to middle of the SEC is miles ahead of the Big 12 this year. Yeah. From Ema Wildcat 82, what about... Tutorgate. I thought I saw that the Bulldogs had to suspend 10 players for eight games. Is that still happening? And who is impacted? The tough thing about it is it's FERPA, FERPA doesn't allow them to say anything. I, I, I'm not aware of all of the technicalities behind it. But they can't straight up come out and say, like, players X, Y, and Z are suspended because of this tutor thing. Um, however, apparently... They have, and you know, got to give a tip of the cap to Wally on this one because he did the work on this, not me. They have had players, quote unquote, held out for various games throughout the season this year, so you can infer what that means. And there's some names on there that are overlapping, so clearly they're a part of it. Yes, players are being suspended, but it doesn't. It's not like it's it's Kylan Hill, you know. They're not losing a quarterback because of this or anything like that. Um, so there's still players being suspended and I think it's impacting them a little bit, but you know, you didn't lose your Skylar Thompson. You didn't lose your, your Malik Knowles or anything like that on this. It's just, and that's what a lot of people had said when this happened was that it probably wasn't going to be impact names. It was probably going to be a lot of middle of the, you know, like red shirt freshman kind of younger sophomore. So it's, it's still a thing, but I wouldn't say that it's it's an impactful factor in this one. From Herdez Joe, Mississippi State seems to be down, be trending down while we are trending up. 
How much of this is competition and how much are actual differences from last year? I mean, they mean this year? Yeah. I, I don't know. They haven't played great competition either. Well, Southern Miss is better than anyone K-State. Well, I'm not saying that it's not better, but it's not like they've played a Power 5 already. Yeah. No, I, we don't know. We we just don't know. Um, It's too early to make sweeping evaluations of either team. As I want to be wise and offer this great analysis, but... Folks, they've beaten Nichols and Bowling Green. They've taken care of business. They checked the boxes boldly. They didn't. They colored in all the corners, you know. But this is a whole different test. This is just a different thing. They're on the road. Doesn't matter where you're going. You're on the road, but you're on the road at kind of a notable venue that people talk about how difficult it is. Now, I've heard the crowd noise isn't that bad. It's just all those damn cowbells. We'll find out a lot about this team. I do not think they'll get blown out. No. I do not think they'll get embarrassed. Last year was embarrassing. Agreed? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, last was year was worse, embarrassing. Worse than, than than 31 to 10. And, yeah, it was – they got manhandled last year. The score doesn't reflect what it was. So they could go down there and lose 31 to 10, and, and it could be closer, more competitive. Let's put it that way. Closer is closer. It's mad. More competitive. Um, or they can go down there and hang around, be in the fourth quarter, be down for with one score. Or head. Let's find out. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Folks, it's not just you feeling like K-State football's back. Now, granted, it's a crappy weekend in college football, but ESPN slid this game into their 11 a.m. ESPN slot right after college game day. That's a compliment. They weren't going to do that if K State hadn't looked really good. I believe that. I don't. Oh yeah, no. If K State was two and zero, and but had kind of just slipped by. They weren't going to put them in that slot. It'd be ESPN two with Beth Mullins on the call, and shoot me in the head. Hey, well, we get to go to the game. Yeah, you don't have to listen to it. I'll be back Still. here holding down the fort, listening to it. Hey, Brian Hanley and his buddy. Who I'm going to call, let's give him a nickname real quick. Bingo. Brian Hanley and his buddy Bingo, I have no idea who it is, are going to be here and we're going to watch the game together and then do the post game podcast. Bingo won't do the post game podcast because I don't know Bingo. Let's so if it's, if it's a bad announcer, I will be on Twitter bitching like everyone else. Good deal. And, and you know me, if I'm not getting my way, I bitch on Twitter. Yep. Do. Yes, you do. Thank you. <laughs> From GT Cat, Kansas State will face some sort of negative this week. What will that most likely be, and what will they have to do extra well as a result to overcome that negative? I think it's the running game. Now, I don't mean like they're not going to be able to run the ball. I mean, it's not going to come with ease. It's come with ease the last two weeks. Oh, yeah. And they've paved the way on the offensive line, and it's not going to be like that. They might bust off a few seven to eight, nine-yard runs. They might have, uh, you know, James Gilbert go to a, go for 100 again. But it's not going to become – he's not going to have like a 56-yard run, I don't believe. And so what does that mean? And that means that Skylar Thompson's going to have to play quarterback this week, not just stand there and throw a few passes. He's going to have to make some plays throwing the ball. And that's what I'm excited to see 
because let's be real, he's made some plays like the throws he he hit Malik with in the touch in in the end zone last week. Nice plays, but it wasn't a pressure situation. He wasn't being asked to go win them the game by throwing touchdown passes. So I'm excited to see. It's a lot easier to make that throw when you know you're going to win. Exactly. I'm excited to see how Skyler does because I do believe they're going to struggle a little bit to run the ball on this one. I think K-State will have to play from behind for the first time. They're not going to shut out Mississippi State in the first half. If they do, hold on, Mama. This is going to get interesting. They might be pretty good on defense. Mississippi State might take that opening drive and march down the field and score. And then everyone in K-State Nation is going to go, oh, crap, here we go. Yeah. They have to overcome that. They're going to have to play from behind. They're they're going to make mistakes. They'll have a turnover. You know, they're going to do things where, you know, they can't muff a punt and then just take the ball back in two plays like <laughs> they did on Saturday. This is a good team. So they will have some real challenges in this game, and we'll see how they come out the other side. From Powercat Ryan, sports gambling is legal in Mississippi. If your GPS took you through Tunica, I didn't know what that was. I took his word for it. I don't know. Would you lay money down on the Cats plus seven and a half over under 50 and a half points total? I don't know about the over under. It's so tough to judge. Now, these have been two explosive offenses, two offenses that have put up a lot of points, so I could see it happening. Um,. I definitely would take K-State to cover. You said it was plus 7.5? Yeah, I would take I'm seeing it. different numbers. I'm seeing 9. It opened at 9. Has it moved down that far? I don't think it moved down to 7.5 unless it was, you know, I, I just don't know. It, we can look at a lot unless of Unless Ryan's things. just handicapping it himself. Yeah. So, but I, you want to say 8? Can we say 8 so I feel better about my, <laughs> I think it's going to be a close game. I, I, I think they could win. So I would take them plus 7.5, because I think 7.5 is the lowest I would go. And I'll go ahead and take the over just for fun. Over? Huh. So you're talking? Fun. I mean, 25 points each, roughly? Yeah. So Three touchdowns. following the spread there, it's going to be like 21 to 30, you K- know? K-State's not going to have one touchdown like it did last year. It's just not going to happen. I would agree with I that. I believe that. I'm trying to find him here. I can't search on my phone like I can. I have to be past it at this point. 11 a.m. I know. I had to go past it. Nine. I know. It, I mean, I'm still I'm... showing minus nine. Oh, actually, uh, hold on. That one's seven and a half. That left one's going to be the open, I think. I oh, like that is. To, yep, it is at seven and a half. He's correct. West, Westgate West Superbook, which is the one you really... Wouldn't want to it's follow. Moved, so it's seven moved. And a half. People trust K State. People trust Chris Kleiman. Vegas likes Chris Kleiman. Yeah. That nickel spread said all you need to know what they think of Chris Kleiman. That's a good Nichols team. They were favored by twenty three and a half points. West Virginia played another good FCS team, maybe a better team, but it was basically single digit spread. Guys, Vegas knows. They know everything. So just saying. They know what you're wearing right now, Ryan. Okay. From KSU number one, what is a win to you at Mississippi State? Winning the football game. Look, I I feel like KSU's got everything to gain from him from this game. As long as they don't get blown out, humiliated, and beaten up and with injuries. This is going to be a good experience for this team. And if they win, it is a giant bonus. 
Everyone thinks they're going to lose, probably including me. I haven't made my pick yet. I knew that I would have picked them to lose at the start of the season. I got them at 6-6. Six and six. They were certainly losing this game. A lot to gain here. I, I don't mean to make it sound like they can't have any positive takeaways, but... A win's a win. This team, to me, doesn't strike me as one that wants to... Well, hey, at least we competed. Have a moral victory. Yeah. Now, Kleiman was interesting on Tuesday. He kind of sounded like... Um, we're just going to go in there and, you know, see, and uh, he was kind of playing it down a little bit. Yeah. Not trying to claim the moral victory if they're competitive, but he, I think he understands that his team is still in the growing period. That what we've seen doesn't mean, Hey, they could win the big 12. He knows that they've got stuff to prove. And this is one of those steps. So I, yeah, but I agree with Riley. A win's a win and everything else isn't a win. But you can still go away feeling optimistic about where the program's going, even in loss and even in defeat. But you want to win. Yeah, I, I should I should specify that. I don't mean that if K State goes down there and fights hard and loses by single digits, that I'm going to go, "Wow, what a disappointing game that was!" And K State should feel upset. But I also think the expectation should be, why can't you go down there and win? Because if you're going to beat an SEC team, I feel like it's going to happen here. Couldn't beat Vanderbilt. Couldn't beat Mississippi State last year, but they've taken a step back, a little bit of a step back this year. Why not? That's where I'm at. From Randolph the Iguana, how much should I temper my expectations if the Cats get a win in Stark Vegas on Saturday? Well, I wouldn't buy tickets to the Superdome for the national championship yet. I wouldn't buy tickets to Dallas for the Big 12 championship game. Would not do either one of those things. But I also wouldn't be buying tickets for the whatever crap bowl is in Arizona now. Exactly. That's the, Here's the difference. What but, is it now? It's the Cheez-It Bowl. Cheez uh, no. Cheez no? Dennis. Oh, one of them switched. No, I think it's still Cheez-It Bowl. Still cheese Probably the here's here's the difference, guys. At the start of the season, we said, you know, 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five was in that area. That puts you in Memphis, the Liberty Bowl. That puts you in Phoenix for the Cheez-It Bowl. That puts you in Dallas for the Armed what, Forces, the Armed Forces uh, First Responders. I don't know whatever the heck oh it's God. called anymore. But those are the bowl games you were supposed to be playing for at the start of the year. If you win this game, I don't think it makes you a Big 12 champion yet. But you start flirting with the Alamo Bowl. Uh, do they still have... Camping the tie-in with the yeah, so I mean, better bowls. You're looking at eight and four potentially, which would be an amazing start to this new era. It opens up a world of possibilities because if they win this game, I think they roll with that momentum. And hell, they might be six and zero oh going into that Oklahoma game if they win this one. He cursed. Last question of the podcast from Jimbo Slice six twenty. Although I hate the idea of moral victories, what would constitute one in your opinion this week? Oops. Yeah, we stepped on that question. Uh, nothing. I don't like moral victories, but that doesn't mean you can't feel good about how they played and be proud of how they acquitted themselves, as a coach might say. I, a win's a win. Um, I guess a moral victory would be if they pulled out knives, you didn't respond. You took the moral high ground. <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, I think... Uh, it's so tough to judge what a moral victory would be. I guess it's kind of like the Supreme Court's 
definition of pornography. He'll know it when I see it, but I can't quite grasp what a moral victory in this game would be. I've never heard that before. 24-21, lose on a last-second field goal. What? Maybe. You have never heard that? No. Yeah. Um, Boy, you guys are so young and naive. Maybe that feels... It, moral it victory, I'm not writing my post-game story in the third quarter. Yeah. If it's a loss, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. This is a moral victory if you're running it because <laughs> they're up 48-3. to three. Guys, I've been almost done with the post-game edge before the fourth quarter started the last two weeks. If that could continue this week positively for K-State, that'd be fun. Because it's all about us. <laughs> I know you guys cheer for the Wildcats, but also cheer for us having an easy way about it. Do they have yingling in Mississippi? Uh, I don't know. It's more of a... East it's more Coast, of a North. I didn't know where that line. Yeah, yeah, you know, they have it you know, down maybe the East I, Coast. But well, yeah, maybe K State coasts, and I finish work early, and we go out for some Yinglings. We should ask uh, our friend Tyler Griever if they have Yingling, and uh, what is the local Mississippi beer? Do they have a Boulevard equivalent? I bet we can get into that on the overtime. I mean, not with the questions, but we could discuss it. That sounds like the overtime which we will have on Friday. You're listening to this on Wednesday, unless you listen to it later in the week, which is perfectly permissible because you didn't have to show up when we put it up. You can listen to it whenever you want. It's a podcast. It's a beautiful thing. And that's it for this edition of the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. We'll be back next week with more of your questions. We'll be back Thursday with the pregame podcast, Friday with the questions podcast. And Brian Hanley and I will be in the studio, the WTC Gig Pirate Studio, on Saturday following that game, very soon after the game, recording a podcast. And remember, go subscribe to the podcast. And while you're out there on the WWW, go to YouTube, go to the Go Powercat page. And hit like, subscribe, love, infatuated. Hit the bell and turn notifications on. Or do that. Yeah, do that. Do that because you might want a notification on Saturday. You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Powercat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.